There we go. Howdy, hey, Randall K. Coming to you live from magnificent Middle Tennessee. Sorry about the uh, bumpy start there. The, um, anyway, my, uh, little, um, my music here, my background music was giving me issues. And also, the, uh, titles. And let me, I'm gonna turn that music down a little bit because I can, yeah. And then figure out what happened with my uh, titles here. Yeah, it's totally, um... Yeah. Alright, so now that works. <laughs> you don't need to know who I am, I just introduced myself. But I was just, you know, I just had to get it fixed there. And now my uh, stream deck is all mess messed up, but just giving me the titles rather than rather than the stuff I normally use to control this broadcast. But anyway, good evening. A little update to well, a little background on where I'm going today. Um, as I was reading uh, Psalm five this morning, was reminiscing. Stay shared yesterday on our broadcast last night. Uh, we were listening to some uh, worship music from the 70s and 80s, and, uh, and that a lot of those were scripture. And one of those was the, I believe, it was a Maranatha song from Psalm 5. That's uh, give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Perhaps you're familiar with that melody that was uh, put to Psalm chapter 5. So I was reading in Psalm chapter 5, singing that melody in my head, and I just wondered if the other verses uh, would, uh, you know, go with the, the meter and the melody. Hey, Tracy Petroff is out there in uh, YouTube land. Thanks for joining us. And Facebook is having issues here. I don't know why. It looks like looks like Periscope is up and running. Um, hello, Periscope peeps. Which uh, Periscope will be gone, as I understand, at the end of the month. If Twitter holds to their announcement slash promise. So Periscope will no longer be an outlet for us come the end of the month. It's been a good run. Actually, Periscope is where we started doing live video streaming. Uh, this program, under different names, has been a an audio stream for a long time. <laughs> Worth a sneeze. Uh, but it wasn't until the arrival of Periscope that we started video streaming and in fact, that was just a video stream of the audio, the internet radio show. And we just happened to set an iPad up in the room and um, show us what we were doing via audio. And then we found the video audience to be more interactive than the audio audience. And so the video took, a, took precedent in our concentration and our... Uh, greater attention and now the audio is after the fact we do no longer have a live a live audio stream uh the audio comes from this video broadcast and is uploaded to for distribution on many audio platforms after the fact all right i want to see what's going on with facebook here you gotta bear with me 
since I'm not only, you know, the host, I'm still the AV guy, uh, the AV engineer running all this stuff. So let me see if I can't fix um, Facebook or even is, yeah, it says it's, at least the Facebook uh, live producer says it's waiting for live video. Um, this is Twitch is connecting, but Twitch is connected, so bear with me here. Um, let's try this. If I go back here, edit that, even though it hasn't changed. Just retype in the stream key again, save. Let's see what happens. And if it's not, oh, now it says connecting live video. Well, I should probably replace it anyway, since, anyway. I'm going to go live on Facebook. It's trying to go live on Facebook anyway. Hey, now it's live on Facebook. Welcome, Facebook people. You haven't missed much in this first, my goodness, six minutes of me rambling on, uh, trying to get some background to this and making sure things were up and running, and and trying to get this going as well. So don't worry, you haven't missed much. I'm not going to bother replacing this video with the intro and all that because you really haven't missed anything. All right. So now that I'm confident that things are up and running as they should, and I won't be distracted by that, even though my titles aren't working, who needs them? Uh, you know, not the lower third stuff going on here, but uh, the animated titles will go up. Um, so I'm not going to worry about that. All right. So let's rewind to the beginning, not to the intro, but you know, just saying, hey, this morning I'm reading Psalm 5. Singing that old, uh, you know, Maranatha's melody with it. Give it to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Anyway, going on down, seeing if the other verses fit that meter and melody. Um, I ran across that in there in Psalm 5 with, uh, in the King James translation, that something to affect the Lord hates those who speak leasing and i thought is that right leasing you know uh those who are involved in you know letting out uh, a house or business property or a car or anything like that, some sort of financial arrangement no that's not the case um leasing is an old english word really an old scottish word that essentially means lying but the translators at that time, you know, in six, the early 17th century and the early 1600s, uh, chose to translate the particular Hebrew word, which I can't think of right now, um, leasing. And although some earlier translations of the scripture had translated that word as speaking lies or lying, um, you know, that word was around and, and various spellings. Um, spelling had not been, you know, spelling conventions had not yet been formalized for English, uh, even in the early 17th century. You look at the early, you look at the 1611 King James Version, 
and you'll look at some spellings of words and like, okay, is that English? Yes, it is English. But uh, you look at any English literature from that period, whether it's Chaucer or Tyndale or uh, you know Wycliffe, any of those, uh, you'll see that uh, spelling was not formalized uh, for the English language, using the Latin alphabet anyway. We could go talk about uh, Old English runes and stuff like that from Germanic roots and whatever. But with the spread of the Roman Empire, the Latin alphabet predominated in many in languages that had been written and using other characters uh, were now written using the Latin alphabet, called the English alphabet, close. English alphabet derived from the Latin alphabet, which you would recognize. And uh, so, yeah, spelling with Latin letters had not yet been formalized. And that's one reason, like, uh, you know, Scottish Gaelic, especially Irish Gaelic, you can look at the way Irish Gaelic is spelled, and it's like, huh? I mean, that's, that's not pronounced anything like it's spelled. And that's one of the fallouts from that, that the using the Latin letters, I think maybe I wasn't there, but it seems like rather than going with the phonetic sound of the Latin letters, they picked Latin letters that close, closest resembled the uh, Old English runes that they were using to spell the Irish Gaelic words. Anyway, that's what it seems like to me. I'm not a linguist. I mean, I talk about this stuff. I'm fascinated by language, but no formal training and linguistics or anything like that. So, yeah, I've got a little, all of a sudden, a little sinus thing going here. So, anyway, so looking at that translation that the translators of the King James chose to use the word leasing, uh, you know, for speaking falsehood, um, it got me to just kind of wondering about that. And I know that's one of the criticisms of the King James translation, that it's this, this archaic English, and, and nobody can read it these days. And it looks like I just lost my camera, just froze up there. Uh, so hold on. Uh, maybe I should go back to playing some tunes while I get this straightened out, huh? Um, <laughs> bear with me here while I uh, get this figured out. There we go. 
Uh, that was a little pitch piece I did for a, a travel commercial thing. It didn't, didn't get used, but anyway. All right, camera working again. So, um, so that got me to thinking, you know, there are the criticism against the King James translation is that it's this archaic English that nobody speaks anymore and nobody knows. And that's why we need modern translations. And then those who would defend the King James, uh, some go the, you know, the opposite end and saying it's the only, it's the only Holy Spirit approved English translation. Uh, in fact, it's the best translation of all time. And, and if you read in other, if you read any other translation, you can't be saved. You can't come to saving knowledge of uh, the master issue of Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, that any other translation is going to send you straight to hell and you need the uh, you know, King James only. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I fall on neither end of that spectrum. I don't say, oh, it's archaic English and we ought to throw it away because nobody understands it anymore. No, do I say it's the only, you know, the only spiritual, real uh, translation that everybody must read. Even if they don't speak English, they need to learn Old English so they can read it. I love the King James translation because it preserves, well, the language preserves, uh, single, singular and plural second person pronouns. No, this isn't an English class, but, you know, um, I just used the pronoun you. Was I referring to multiple people or just a single one of you uh, watching right now? Um, I meant multiple, and that's because over the years we now use the plurals second person pronoun you uh whether it's one person or multiple that archaic english um differentiates between singular second person and plural singular thy thou plural uh you your ye um and that's important sometimes in scripture whether something is addressed to multiple people or to a single person uh when it, especially when it comes to things in in church doctrine or church um um organization order for lack of a um better <laughs> description whether that's addressed to an individual or to a congregation all right so Everybody's still running here. YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, everything looking good. So with that in mind, I thought, well, maybe it would be important to talk about translations this evening. I thought that's what I would do. But, you know, I'm going to bring translations up. And then your sweet and lovable host, my beautiful beloved bride, Stacey Lynn Harp, when she made up the... Uh, reading schedule in our daily disciples group uh, for this week. First uh, Samuel 13 fell upon me, and um, coincidentally, I don't know, uh, you'll find different translations of First uh, Samuel 13, verse 1, chapter 13, verse 1, uh, because the Hebrew wording there is awkward. Um, and yes, the the Hebrew in the Old Testament 
is a similar dynamic to the Old English of the King James uh, translation. Uh, people don't speak the Hebrew that's in the Old Testament anymore. Is you know, it's not like modern Hebrew. I remember meeting um, an Israeli gentleman who was visiting here in the States. Uh, this is many, many years ago. I told him that I desired to learn Hebrew, and he asked me why. And I said, well, because I wanted to read the Old Testament, the original language. And uh, I don't remember his exact words, but it was something akin to, oh, you don't want to do that. It's archaic language, and it's just too hard, and and learning Hebrew is, isn't, you know, learning that Hebrew isn't going to help you in modern Israel, and, and modern Hebrew isn't going to help you read the Old Testament. Um, he didn't say that precisely, but something to that effect. Actually, learning modern Hebrew, I took a nine-week class in modern Hebrew, did help me to read the Old Testament because it got, it acquainted me with the alphabet and the pronunciation of the letters and many of the words that are still the same, though the grammar is uh, completely different. All of a sudden, my I'm getting stuffed up and getting this nasal thing going on. I don't know why. So excuse me if uh, I sound a little nasally and and sniff from time to time. I don't know. Just started. So I feel like I'm rambling on. Um, let's enter into this prayerfully, and then I'll throw up my slide deck and tell you what I've got. Father God, thank you for this evening, and uh, those who are able to join live, those who are on the replay, uh, pray that what's discussed here this evening will um, be helpful to people, uh, will educate them, encourage them, maybe even exhort them and equip them uh, for our ministry, and uh, help them ultimately uh, to come uh, to a better understanding of you, that they would grow in the grace and knowledge of Yeshua, Messiah, and uh, they would encourage others to do the same. I commit this time to you, to use as you will, for our good and for your glory. In that name, above all names, Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus the Christ. All right. Taking a look at what's going on here. Hey, Spark nineteen or Sparks nineteen forty eight, and, and uh, joining us. Let's see who else. Want to make sure I don't miss anything because I have a I have a, a tendency to as I'm running all this stuff and reading my own notes and whatnot. I sometimes neglect the chat room. So if I don't shout you out right away, um, don't be offended. I'm not purposefully ignoring you. I'm just distracted and. Uh, not, you know, remembering to get to the chat rooms often, monitoring those. So, I need to come up with the right one. All right. So, Bible translations, can you trust what you're reading? You see in the title of this program, I've put part one, uh, because... Um, I wanted to lay some background first. I uh, wanted to to um, do some you know, sort of background, do some foundational work here uh, before getting into 
um, the particular translations, uh, primarily English translations that are available, because I thought, well, somebody may be watching that maybe they're thinking, well, the Bible is a book of myths and fairy tales and it's unreliable and it's this ancient book of who knows what and nobody knows for sure and it's ancient languages we can't understand it anyway who cares how it's translated well i wanted to address that first and uh, cover some important groundwork uh, boom, there we go uh, first of all what is the bible the Bible is a book of prophecy, it's a book of unity, it's a book that answers life's big questions, it's a book of history, and it's a book of remarkable longevity. Now, each one of these could be a week's worth of programming, but I'm going to just touch on each of them uh, briefly. So... The Bible is a book of prophecy, and I mean it's it's full of prophecy. We could we could um, you know we could we could look at dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds, actually thousands of prophecies uh, in the Bible. But here I just want to give a flavor 